This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. This out, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Ward Scott Files here in the Warthog Command Center in the Melton Law Studio in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida. And uh, we got a report today on the report. And it's pretty much as our guest yesterday predicted. It's very damning. And I'm going to plan on going through it with you line by line, practically. And any comments you want to talk about, <clears throat> we'll take a uh, Facebook chat or 352-325-3938. Uh, it is uh, to be expected when you have um, the type of people running a city that are running this one or attempting to acting as if they are the city of Gainesville. And I bring particular um, uh, experience to this because I've been a city manager, so I know about these commissioners. Um, I know how they act and how poorly prepared they are for service and uh, how they uh, uh, you know, cover their tracks sometimes by just talking. I was in a meeting recently where there was a woman who was, you know, one of these people who talked and made her point and then went back and made the point again and then went back and made the point again. You know, it was pretty obvious that she was a professional point maker. Um, that's how she carved out a living in this nasty world. And, uh, you know, intelligent people get the point. Not only can get it before you, when you make it, they often get it before you make it. So um, that, that has some kind of revealing aspects to it as well. <clears throat> We're going to talk about this uh, uh, deal here. Uh, first of all, we have a cover letter. We're going to scroll through this as we go, but uh, we have a cover letter addressed to the mayor. And um, the interesting thing about it, which I don't think the city can do, is the second paragraph of the cover letter uh, written by the, um, um, and, and, you know, to, to, to the people who, from the people who made the investigation, um, is that pursuant to section 11.454D, of the Florida statutes, um, the uh, city of Gainesville via Poe um, required to submit within 30 days after receipt of this list, a written statement of explanation concerning all of the findings, including therein your actual or proposed corrective actions. Uh, now that's, that's gonna be, that's gonna be a problem for them. Uh, they're not gonna be able to come up with corrective actions if probably what they'll do is blame the past commissioners. Uh, but, you know, this has been going on for a long time from the butt lift bandit, who was a, a professional thief from the city of Gainesville. Um, I think it was parking meter stuff. I don't know. It all, it all blurs and runs together when you look back on it. But uh, <clears throat> they, uh, they, uh, uh, not, you know, they've known about this for a long time. Then, when a city manager comes to them and tells them that they've, um, you know, stepped in it somehow, some way, they fire the city manager. So, um, you know, that's that's always been the tactic of uh, 
of commissions. Uh, if the city manager, it's almost a litmus test. If the city manager's, you know, really doing his job, uh, he comes to the, and they're almost always men, not always. Um, Waldo has a female city manager, et cetera. Can, you know, you know that's not, county has a female manager, good friend. Um, but if they're doing their job, um, they often get crossroads, cross-raised in a row with the with the commission because the commission really doesn't want to have their um, their uh, you know the bad spots exposed out in daylight. So um, I, I don't think they'll be able to perform what the um, archer wants them to do. That's going to be something we'll watch for you here on the Ward Scott Files to see if they are actually able to submit within 30 days um, an explanation of all the findings and how they're going to correct them. I don't think they can correct them. They've been going on for so long. Um, as uh, uh, <clears throat> this chief justice uh, uh, has said, the woman, uh, the, I, I think of her name in a minute, it's woven into the fabric of the city. Uh, she's talking about how, Kagan, I think it is, uh, she's talking about how it's uh, woven into the, abortion is woven into the fabric of the country. You know, I've never... For a Supreme Court justice to say something like that, woven into the fabric, that's what we're dealing with now. Um, we're dealing with people who, who who just, in public life, politicize everything rather than bring a professionalism to the job. And what the city of Gainesville is missing is professionalism. Um, and you can find this uh, right quickly as you go through the findings of the auditor. Uh, so I'm going to go to the summary now, and maybe um, well, if we can get on the same page, production, I'll throw up a summary for you. And uh, I'm going to kind of go through it with you and comment on it. Uh, <clears throat> yesterday, of course, we had Nathan Scott with us, and much of this he already said. We have posted this entire report on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board. So if you want to go read the entire, it's 42 pages long. If you want to go read it, you can read it in, in, in great detail. Um, but we did talk, and the finding one was that the GRU debt levels are significantly higher than comparable municipal utilities. We talked about this yesterday. And there is a chart we'll get to later on that shows just how much higher. It's pretty pitiful, really, um, how much you're getting gouged here in this area if you have to use Gainesville Regional Utilities. But here is finding two is really kind of the nitty gritty. I think, having been a city manager, of the whole problem with this city. Uh, the city finding, too, is that the city has not established a reasonable and consistent methodology for determining the amount of the annual transfer from GRU to the city's general fund, considering the GRU's long-term ability to pay. You know, the, the key word there is they don't have a reasonable, consistent methodology. Now, this is fundamentally the flaw in the government in the city of Gainesville. It's all hopscotch. It's all catch, catch can. It's all fly by the seat of your pants. It's all get up there. And, you know, especially with Simmons and the, uh, the other one, I can't remember, their name's Blur. They don't have any. They don't have any business being up there. They've only got a one issue um, uh, agenda, and that's black interests. Uh, that's all they. That's all they talk about. Um, 
it's 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 not it's not even reasonable to listen to them because you know that they're not cooperating as black commissioners. They're not cooperating. They're they're not taking into account the whole orderly process of governing a city. They're just coming there to complain about a particular narrow interest that they have, which has been complained about forever and a day. And uh, um, unfortunately, people let them get away with it and let them soak up very, very valuable time. When And they don't think this doesn't trickle down to the people who know how to take advantage of a system. Um, The bandit knew that. Others know that. So, um, you know, they, you know, and people develop a cynical attitude. I can tell you that GRU guys have confided in me their disappointment in this city commission. Um, I think Balarski has gone underground. He stopped running his yak because he knows if he runs his yak too much, they'll run him off. So he doesn't really confront them anymore. Um, he, he basically knows what's happening, but he's, he knows he's not going to get anywhere with them. So they only want yes people around them, and these yes people are incompetent. I mean, it's very simple. It's very simple. The yes people are incompetent. Um, and by the way, if you're having trouble with Facebook uh, intermittent uh, deal, um, we'll go. We'll, uh, you know, I'm watching your your um, your uh, comments. Uh, uh, YouTube has got us back up, and it's not interrupted over there. But anyway, it's not interrupted when uh, we post it. It's just Facebook buffering problems. They've had them for quite a while. So bear with us because that way, uh, if you go over to YouTube, I can't see your comments <clears throat> unless you use a Melon Law hotline, which is 352-325-3938. But we're running hot over there on that that that, that platform as well. Uh, the uh, So, you know, basically you have a lack of methodology, which means basically you have a lack of leadership. Uh, I am finding a dearth of leadership in our society. And the reason I find it is because most people are cowards. Uh, they're afraid they'll be woke or they'll be nullified or they'll be called a name and and they, they hide. They don't come out. Either they don't get involved. Uh, we face it every day. They, 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 want, they want to hear us, but they don't want to sponsor us. Uh, and they, there's a way they can support us and simply donate. You know, it's very easy. I know who's watching, who does and who doesn't. Um, and so, yeah, we're supposed to bring them the information, which they can get nowhere else, really. I mean, they're not going to get this from, um, you know, from the Gainesville Sun. Jennifer Cabrera is very good about writing about it, but not in the give and take talk system we have here. So uh, there is no reasonable methodology, which means really uh, there's no leadership. Uh, Pose a lousy leader. Um, they, they, they've all been, they've been a good leader around there for a long time. There was a leader at one time, but she was evil, and that's Hanrahan. And she's the one that took them down the Yellow Brick Road to uh, all the buy-in on climate change and and, and the biomass and all that jazz. Uh, finding three was that the city indirect cost allocation procedures did not provide for an independent review of the indirect cost worksheet. Um, well, you know, as a result, the city overcharged indirect cost of GRU. Um, hey, if they don't have any leadership, they don't have methodology, uh, you can bet they're not going to have any independent review. I mean, I, I, I had a discussion with a man yesterday who came up to me in the gym. He was complaining about how uh, certain monies that are collected uh, are not spent on what they're collected for. And I told the gentleman, I said, listen, sir, I said, 
These are lawmakers, therefore they can be lawbreakers. They're the ones who can determine whether they want to misuse the money and because they make the laws. And so if they want to take money from one pot, if you will, and rob from it and apply it to something else, as is the big case here we have with the GRU pot of money being uh, used to subsidize all these wish list liberal things, uh, they can do it. <clears throat> and the only way you can correct it is to vote them out. Well, he, this man doesn't even live in the city of Gainesville, so he can't vote him out. Yet he pays GRU power. And we tried busting that dead gun monopoly up a while back, and they griped all about Keith Perry and, and all this stuff, and we were going to do it through Tally. I'm surprised that that never got done. Uh, I mean, that, that really needed to be done. The utility needed to be yanked out from control of the Gainesville City Commissioners. And, and that's, bottom, that's bottom line. It needs to be given to a responsible group of people who will uh, take a look at this thing and and uh, and um, with reasonable and professional abilities. So, but you're not going to get any business people on a, a commission. A business people don't run for public office because they're afraid that their public office duties will jeopardize their business financial uh, sheet. Um, that's it in a nutshell. Now, there's a lot of business guys who fudge their bets. They give to both people. Um, let's say you and I are running against each other, and uh, <clears throat> they will not come out publicly. I could give you a whole fistful of these people. Uh, they will not come out publicly and say, well, I'm with Ward Scott or I'm with you, whoever you, you, are, you are right now in, in class. And uh, But they'll give to both of us. And what they do there is they hedge your bets. If, if I were to win, then they paid and contributed to me. And if my opponent were to win, then they contributed to the opponent and they bought interest with the uh, person that they donated to. It happens all the time. And, and you know, it's one of the ugly things about politics is um, you pay for influence, you pay for loyalty. Um, again, sometimes you have to look two or three elections ahead. You know, uh, uh, you, you have to reason who is going to be able to uh, be somebody you'll need, whether you like them or not, uh, you know, a couple elections down the line and, and, and then you do it. Now, the, the people who don't do that, they don't get elected. They don't, I mean, very, very frankly, there's all sorts of idealistic comments that people approach me with that. They don't get elected. They're, unele they're unelectable. They might as well be over there, uh, playing games in the, uh, in the faculty block lounge or something. They don't, they're not effective. They never will be. They'll never get elected to anything. And 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 the ones that get elected are these people who know how to, uh, you know, run this run this rap. And so what happens is the people get discouraged and realize, well, you know, here's a good guy who ran for office, uh, couldn't get elected. You know, so why should I even show up to vote if all the bums get in? And so you end up having what you have in Gainesville. <clears throat> these characters are running the town. Only about ten percent of the actually it's less than that. Because as uh, you take a look at it, um, people vote for you, but not all people vote for you. They may have voted for your opponents. So you actually could get in and be the commissioner of this town, um, say 7% of the uh, uh, people eligible to vote. 7% of the people, and that's pretty close to what I think we figured, 7% uh, of the people eligible to vote can make you a commissioner. That's sad. I mean, that's, that's disgusting. So... You know, all this terminology about are we a Democrat, are we a democracy, a republic? I don't care about any of that. I don't care about any of that. 
Are you courage? Are, do you have any courage? Do you have any leadership ability? Will you stick your neck out? That's all that matters. All this other language doesn't mean anything. I mean, it just, it just disappears in smoke. So uh, here's here we are. We're stuck with this ever increasing debt. Uh, now the Democrats are not afraid of debt. Obviously, look at Biden. Uh, debt's just something for somebody else to deal with. And you know, so so we have to borrow money from China. What's the big deal? China owns us. And China and Russia right now are, you know, along with Iran, are figuring ways to take down America because they see America in decline because of the here we are in America arguing over racial issues when there aren't any really. I mean, we, we've got we, we've done all that work. We've done all that heavy lifting. We've done this. We've done the Civil Rights Act. We've got everything. Every you know, what can you not achieve if you're black? I mean, you can do anything your culture promotes. OK, so here the, the blacks are wanting to change the laws. They need to change the culture. Because that's what's holding you back, not the laws. We've changed all the laws. So now we need to change the culture. And the culture needs to quit complaining and and until and people suck it up and go. You know, all the other cultures do. So what do we get? We get this whiny mouth stuff all the time, and the real issues go unattended to. Um, you know, we've got this, you know, we've we've hired people. I, I like to know how this report, how you hiring some uh office of diversity and inclusion has a thing to do with developing a responsible methodology for fiscal responsibility. I like to know how that, I like to know how those dovetail. Can somebody out there in, in the class tell me that? Can you tell me that? Can you tell, I like to hear, I'll have the person on the show who can tell me how to do that. And a good example of that, and we're going to get to it in a minute, is the Reichert House. I don't know if you know about the Reichert House. It's a youth academy for troubled black youth, basically. It has never been accountable. There is so much cover up out there. We don't even want to go there. You know, uh, I don't even, I, well, we may have to someday. There is so much going on there that a lot of people in the community knows about. They know about. I'm going to leave it at that right now. But it is the most ineptly run deal. Um, it's not effectively uh, managed. It's not effectively uh, you know, looked at by the, the people who are responsible for looking at it, they just let it go. You know, you can't do that. You just, I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, there's so many stories out there about that record house that we may, one of these days, the Ward Scott Files may pull them out of the, pull them out and, and, and share them with you. A lot of people know them already, but they, nobody wants to face it. Nobody wants to talk about it. And it involves some people that, it, 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 you know, and some actions that are very, very damaging. So the Riker House is a, a um, oh, well, it's one of those programs that, you know, if it were run right, and, um, you know, I tried to get on the board of the Riker House one time, never heard back of the people. Never heard back. Never, ever. <laughs> I told them, I said, you know, I, I, I volunteered to be on, on the board for the Riker House. Never heard back. You don't think I know troubled youth? I mean, I had I held a record number of nights detention in my in my high school. I mean, I know what you know. I know what that's all about. I can talk to those guys. I've been there. You know, no, they don't. They, you know, nobody ever called me back. So it told me right away that that place was pretty loosey goosey. Um, 
the city, according to the findings here, did not oversee its programs at the Riker House, uh, did not assess whether it was economically or otherwise advantageous for the city to use it uh, as, a non, as a nonprofit. Um, accountability and transparency, the program operations, there is none. Oh, my God. You know, this is one of the most damaging things. And you know what? I'm going to make a prediction for you. This will not make a tinker's damn difference in who's elected to the city commission of Gainesville. It will not make a tinker's damn difference. Okay? You heard it here. My opinion. Refute it. It will not make a tinker's damn difference. You're still going to have the same old clot hoppers running your town. Uh, so, administration and management. Okay, this is finding nine. The lack of city personnel's knowledge. Hey, this is funny. Really, it's kind of funny. It's, it, it's material for Saturday Night Live. It's nothing new to me. I haven't been a manager. But the lack of city personnel's knowledge and capability for compiling financial statements that comply with generally accepted accounting principles uh, resulted in additional costs for assistance in preparing the city's financial statements. And they're considered to be by the auditor to be significant deficiencies in the city's internal controls. The city can't sort out its own uh, uh, financial statements, so hire somebody to come in and do it. I'm going to tell you right now, I know of a candidate. Uh, I'm not going to admit, but it's a her, um, who I shared, uh, uh, how can I say this? Uh, uh, let me put it to you this way. <clears throat> that candidate is a horrible manager of personal money and hired a person whom I know who's very good at handling money to handle the money of the candidate, not only uh, in, the, in the financial campaigns, because the candidate couldn't do it. Candidate couldn't do it. I'm not gonna mention the candidate, but I'm gonna tell you right now, it was shocking to me. I mean, I said, you mean to tell me that that candidate who's gonna try to run this county or the city or whatever, can't keep money straight? Well, of course that's the case. What do you think you got up there, rocket scientists? Take a look at them, you know? Take a look at them. You ain't got no rocket scientists up there. Well, city records, let's get to finding 10. Did not include language specifying the legal level of budget control. Budget amounts were not present. Basically, they don't have any. They don't have any budget control. They don't have any entries and uh, ledgers or anything apparently that make any sense to the auditor. Um, the golf course. Everybody has complained about the doggone golf course. Uh, the golf course is the city's venture into recreation. And the people who are trying to make it in the private industry of golf complain about it constantly. Um, the guy over at Meadowbrook used to call me and say, listen, man, what can we do about the city? Uh, you know, running a golf course, competing with the private owner. That's a nothing. <clears throat> nothing. <clears throat> I don't know. You know, they, they just feel like, you know, they ought to own a golf course. And, you know, this is more complaints from the private sector. Uh, you know, here I am. I want to run a golf course, but I can't run it uh, with taxpayer money the way the city can and subsidize their incompetency in running a golf course. So the golf course is another uh, uh, 
money pit. Okay. So far, all we've seen here in this report are what we call in finance money pits. It just a pit just keeps taking your money, taking your money, taking your money, and and it, the pit will take your money at ad nauseum. I mean, you, you you can't you can't believe how long and hard it will take your money. <clears throat> uh, the GRU um, uh, they don't even have a proper way. Uh, and we know this. I mean, Tony Jones never had a background check. I mean, I'm pretty sure I know why he never had one. I mean, from what I've been told. But, um, hey, they don't have a system for background checks for city policies and procedures for city employees. <clears throat> now, there have been people who argue. Oh, uh, we all, you know, background checks stigmatize people. Uh, we had to change them at the college, for example. The background checks at the college or the questions that you would have to answer if you applied to teach at the college were, have you ever, I mean, let me tell you how they've gone. Have you ever been arrested? Well, the blacks complained about that and said, well, we get arrested all the time, but it doesn't mean we're bad people. So, so we changed it. <laughs> we changed it from arrested. Have you ever been found guilty? Well, that led to a lot of adjudication withheld. And so technically you can answer that question, say, no, I've never been found guilty. I had adjudication withheld. In other words, they gave me uh, a timeout. They gave me a trial. If you do not uh, misbehave for six months, we'll drop the whole deal. So, yes, they've been arrested. Yes, they really were guilty. Uh, they can even plead and have adjudication with L. So, as I understand it, so so that became really problematic. Doing asking these questions about somebody, and then you get the argument. Well, those laws are all based to protect white guys anyway, and punish black guys. You hear this all over the place. Uh, so what we've done in the big cities is we've decriminalized just about everything. And what you see is you see a smash and grab now. You see these gangs coming into these places because they know that it doesn't matter if they get caught. Or you get a guy out here on the interstate that kills two people, God bless him. And, and he tells the damn cops when they arrest him, you know, go ahead and arrest me. I'll beat the rap. And it, he, he's right. He's been beating the rap ever since he was breathing air. And there's no reason to believe he won't be. You know, it, you know, it's just it's just maddening. It's maddening. And I was in a meeting not too long ago where one of the participants in the meeting was saying, well, we brought the subject and the person said, well, yeah, I was a female the person. said, yeah, I went out and bought a gun for the first time in my life. For the first time in my, in my life, I feel frightened. And it was a black woman. <clears throat> it was a law abiding citizen. Who, who, felt, who felt frightened and went out and bought a gun, never thought ever in her life she'd be buying a gun. That's what's going on in the streets of America, in the streets of Gainesville. This is Gainesville. This comment was made in Gainesville, okay? So we have got a whole idea now in hell with background checks. They don't mean anything. So I don't know. I don't know. I've talked to the sheriffs. I mean, not, not this sheriff, and um, but I, when I was back on radio and I was just in, had a law enforcement day, I talked to the sheriffs. They'd come in once a month. Marion County, those guys, they said they had to increasingly turn the other way on background checks for guys to be sheriffs, of deputies, because they were, the, 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 the crew that you grew, drew from was so rotten. <clears throat> 
if you think that the cop that answers the door, uh, according to them, is squeaky clean and never, you know, cross the across the uh, road on the yellow sign, uh, you're nuts. I mean, he's been jaywalking all his life, and it's in the record. We just have to ignore it. Otherwise, we want everybody to be cops. I mean, that's testimony from the sheriffs, okay? Now, so I don't know what good what good is a background check. I mean, you, you, you tell me. Um, the city certainly acts that way, according to this audit. I mean, they don't care about background checks. What do they do? All they do is discriminate, right? Or they're filled with prejudice or bias. Well, maybe so. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, maybe that maybe that's why you got them. So to discriminate. <laughs> uh, you know, we we this travel policy stuff is a racket. Uh, I've been on uh, a couple out of city things on behalf of the uh, city of, uh, that I was involved with, and I remember when Gainesville's uh, participated and went along. They brought they brought the cavalry. Everybody who was anybody on the government pit in Gainesville got to go. And oh my God, I mean, it was a whole floor of a hotel filled with Gainesville staff. You know, what the hell do they need to go for? I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> Travel all over the place. Uh, when we were chasing Rodney Long, um, we were pretty sure that we had examples of double dipping. Where, you know, you could build a city and then, you know, whatever. Uh, um, there were little schemes that were going on. And, and, you know, we got pretty hot on the trail. And pretty soon, next thing we knew, Rodney Long dropped off of the um, commission. Dropped off of the commission while he's a commissioner. So all that came about. We speculated on the basis of the fact that we were chasing down <coughs> some sort of uh, exploitation of travel vouchers. But I don't know. We never got to the bottom of it. So it's all speculation. So don't take it as a gospel. But, you know, it did have some patterns that show up in this report. And Rodney was a commissioner and he'd been a city commissioner. So he knew the system. And 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 if you, the system is easy to take advantage of. If you're that type of person, because nobody's watching the system. I mean, period. You know, that's the same way with voting. Every, everything's on the honor system and nobody checks it. Well, you think there's that, in, and you think there's honor? And you're nuts. I mean, um, when we get back from break, I'll go over the the the, uh, the findings and um, get into the GR Duke debt levels with you a little bit. And uh, if you have any questions, slap them up here on Facebook chat. Uh, Jody Davis is on here. He's an accountant. Uh, he can tell you how awful this probably is, a, a report like this. We'll be right, right back on the Ward Scott Files. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, RR Construction, Gators Dockside, and style cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352 284 3733. 
Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. Achtung, Achtung, the papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. We are going to search your belongings. Much now. Check this out, Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No. No, don't. <laughs> Help me. Help. Help. Climate adaptation strategies. Can you, can you measure um, change? Part yes. of that data that you're referring to in, in EJ's environmental testing. But you can also track by race their averages in terms of the number of trees in the neighborhood where people live. All right, welcome back to the Ward Scott File. Professor Ward Scott here. We're going over in the Ward Hall Command Center here in the Mellon Law Studio. Uh, the report uh, by the auditor on the city of Gainesville is dismal methodology and organization and responsibility for your money. Um, it's a damning report. It's um, unfortunately a report is not going to result in any significant change. In my humble opinion, it's been going on ever since. And I, I think it's been going on ever since we went to seven commissioners. I think I still think seven commissioners are a fundamental problem. Uh, too many people get uh, time to uh, grandstand and contribute uh, not very much at all. Uh, <clears throat> so he had five commissioners, at least you could cut off. I, I, I dare to say you could cut off at least another half an hour uh, from every issue that comes up before the commission. Uh, each one of those dudes has to um, run his yak about or her yak, uh, get 15 or 20 minutes. Um, and you multiply that times seven. Okay, let's do that. Let's do some round numbers. Let's say 20 minutes times seven is uh, 140 minutes times uh, five is 100 minutes. So you cut off almost an hour, over three quarters of an hour of yakking about nothing. <clears throat> That's the way I look at it. Uh, from the commissioners, if you only had five commissioners, you put seven on there, boy, you got problems. Because they're all going to talk. And as I said yesterday, I've been in a meeting recently where a woman made the point and then made the point and then made the point. Uh, what does she think we are? Dumb? We only get the point the first time. And as I say, many of us anticipated a point before she ever made it. So, uh, but she was a bureaucrat. So <clears throat> we've got some comparables here because we were asking yesterday about comparables. And let's take a look at this. Um, the financial statements of the city of Lakeland, city of Tallahassee, the Jacksonville Electoral Authority, JEA, and the Orlando Utilities Commission. And um, you, take, you take a look at the long-term debt and um, in relationship to the net position, um, the ratio for Gainesville is 
Uh, and that's that's I think we got it up there. I think we'll put that up there if we're not up there. That is on page. It's called preliminary and tentative audit findings, not an audit report. It's on page four, I think. <clears throat> I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give a, a production. You got it, production. Okay, we're gonna put that up there. Hang on, everybody. Finding one in the GRU debt levels. Got it. There you go. All right, we just put it up. Uh, Evan just put it up for you. And uh, you guys who know money, take a look at this thing. Um, finding one GRU debt level says that um, um, they have, the auditor evaluated GRU's long-term sustainability to provide reliable utility services to. You know, it makes me think of something. We don't have rolling blackouts here yet, but we could. I mean, things could get so bad and, and, and these people become so incompetent that we could have rolling blackouts. I mean, in many cases, I think people are already doing it themselves, just flipping the breaker once in a while during the day to keep the rates down. Um, so uh, uh, <laughs> uh, they is, 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 cannot sustain a reliable utility service to its customers in a most effective and cost-efficient manner if they continue to go on like they are. And they say the amount of debt relative net position is one indicator of the long-time financial health of the utility. And so they took a look at this and uh, the higher to debt, debt to net position ratios indicate the degree to which an organization is financing its operations through debt rather than available assets. So there's borrowing more money and creating more debt. You know, the federal government, this is, I hesitate to say this, but I'll let you think about it. This is democratically controlled, a Democrat-controlled city. We got a Democrat-controlled nation. Do you see any difference? Now, <clears throat> the table shows, table two there, uh, I think we may have it up there. The GRU's long-term debt to net position is 4.3, is approximately five times higher than the 0.94 average of its four peers. I think we've got that there for you right there. Five times higher than the 0.94 average of its four peers. Now these higher to debt to net position ratios indicate to the auditor that the degree to which an organization is financing operations through debt rather than available assets. And um, high levels of debt impact negatively the credit ratings, of course. Hey, if you want to if you want to weather the financial storms of the world, get out of debt. Well, some people say, well, I can't get out of debt. Well, then limit your spending. Have a budget. You can't buy everything you wish to buy and wish to own if you can't afford it. <clears throat> so the best way to live is debt-free. I know people, young people, by the way, who feel the best way to live is to go out of this world owing everybody. So just maximize debt all over the place and keep owing and make minimum payments and don't ever worry about it and take the position either they'll go bankrupt or you'll croak. It's weird. I've I actually talked to young people who think this way. Totally the opposite from my mother who grew up in the Depression. Um, so... Credit rating agencies, they assign, as you know, these credit ratings to debt based on the likelihood that issuer will default on debt obligations. Now, 
uh, we said we had a commentator yesterday during the show who is an accountant by training uh, who said, well, what's well, to keep the city just from defaulting? Why can't they just default and declare bankruptcy and stick it to the creditors? Um, well, you know, it's happened. It's happened. Um, so the debt rating agencies have lowered the GRU debt ratings, and they're concerned about this high leverage of large amount of debt. Um, you know, I'm telling you, I think it's going to fall on deaf ears. I'm trying to think this through to a logical conclusion. Poe is not going to be able to do anything about this. Uh, he doesn't have any financial ability. <clears throat> and all the staff is scared. The managers get fired or they become yes people. And meanwhile, they're out there hiring at $150,000, $200,000 positions, officers of inclusion and equity. Meanwhile, the city's falling apart. I don't get it. See what else we got in here is of interest to you. Um, if we go down to table three, Evan, let me give you a minute to get down to that. It's on page seven, I think. <clears throat> the little chart there, table three. Got it? Okay, we're going to put this chart up there for you all. <clears throat> here you go. This is kind of nitty gritty. This is as of August 2021. The residential cost for 1,200 kilowatts per hour at GRU is 148 bucks. I'm just rounded up 150 bucks. Uh, Lakeland 125, Tallahassee 130, JA 130, Orlando 130. Uh, commercial costs. Uh, there you go. That's where the rubber meets the road. Is where I was talking about yesterday with guys making pizza. Uh, 225. I'm rounding these things up or down to get the numbers. Simple. 225 uh, commercial in Gainesville. 150 in Lakeland, 145 in Tallahassee, 150 in Jacksonville, and 170 in Orlando. <clears throat> what in the world? Are you telling me it's cheaper to live in Orlando, which is a big thriving city, or Jacksonville, which is a big conglomerate, uh, than it is in this dump here, Gainesville? So they say here that given GRU is already high debt levels, weakening credit ratings, uh, stable level power demand and high electrical power rates, the GRU ability to meet the needs of its power customers uh, while simultaneously funding a large portion of the ge city's general government services could be limited. Uh, could be, should be, will be, no. It will not be limited. These people don't have the intestinal fortitude or the character or the leadership ability, or the intelligence to do something like this. I, you know, I, I'm just telling you, they don't. And you're, got, you're not going to do a dang thing about it. And one thing you're, you're, you're going to do is, you, first of all, those of you who buy, you know, pay GRE for power but don't live in the city can't do anything about it anyway, unless you go to your state. And the state, we tried that, and somehow that didn't work. <laughs> so... If you live in the city, you don't vote. Well, there you go. There you go. I'm just going to skim through this thing and let you uh, contemplate it. Um, well, long detail, 42 pages here as I'm flipping through it. See if there's anything else in direct culture. <clears throat> 
Now, the uh, our good friend Jennifer Gabera in Elantra Chronicle has covered this as well, and um, uh, has a pretty good summary of it. I'll just flip over and let you make make sure you understand that she has it over there and she's written about it. Very bright woman. She can write about it very, very well. <clears throat> and um, her comments about it are generally a summation of, of, of what we've got here. So um, you go to Logical Chronicle, you can uh, you can see some more comments about it. But um, I don't have an answer for it, my friends. It's uh, it's um, something we took a little time went through here with you. It's um, you know it, it's sad. It's unfortunate, but I don't. I don't. I, I think there's too many coward, cowards. Don't either. Don't vote or uh, don't stick your head out of the foxhole and support a fight and uh, <clears throat> are willing to pay. I guess I don't know. Maybe they, maybe people got so much discretionary money. <clears throat> I have one friend, an older gentleman, who says he's just going around trying to spend his money because he's got so much of it. Uh, well, okay, he doesn't care about utilities. I'm sure. So national finances are not one heck of a lot different. Um, I just want to run through that real quickly with you. Uh, I was going to talk about abortion today some, and I probably will. But I want to just talk a minute about uh, national finances, as is the case with this uh, uh, lousy, uh, um, what do you call it, the Biden uh, shell game, trick game. Uh, financial <clears throat> crap, you know, going on where uh, uh, we're going to um, uh, build infrastructure and all that. If you believe that, why uh, you've got you've got another thought coming. Um, here's what you got going on nationally that I think you're already aware of. Uh, you got an immigration problem. You've got um, 6.5 million or so illegal immigrants, uh, migrants, uh, who've come to the country. And since 2011, it's a 10-year right to work in the U.S. They'll probably, uh, they're trying to push that as a, as a, as a, a forgiveness. And uh, um, in this House bill, I don't know if it's going to get stripped or not, finally, when it goes to the Senate. Uh, but they want to legalize millions of migrants uh, as the border becomes more and more lawless. So don't you think these migrants know that this country is lawless? that this country is fiscal, irresponsible, uh, just like the city. Uh, don't you think that this is um, the way in which the lawless want to build their power base? And, and meanwhile, they have such things as where are they going to get the money? Okay, where are they going to get the money for these social programs? This is a constant theme. Well, they have an $8 billion methane fee. That is a tax on natural gas production. There you go. Huh? There you go. So the American Gas Association estimates it could raise the average family national gas bill by 17%. Uh, that's another cost. And so what are you going to do? Um, they also have tinkered with um, um, oh, the so-called inequality, inequality between the, the, the you know, so they want to soak it to the rich. But they vote to give affluent taxpayers who earn up to $10 million uh, a huge tax cut. So um, 
uh, uh, they speak out of both sides of their mouth on wanting to blame the, the wealthy for all the problems because they exploited all the poor, right? That's the little, um, that's a little gig they give you. Of course, you have to, uh, you have to realize that inflation is coming from the flood of government spending. Um, it's uh, a spigot that seems to have no uh, faucet to turn it off, uh, no handle to turn it off. Uh, if you have a problem and you want to appease the troubled masses, uh, just just throw money at it. And, and basically, <clears throat> if you ask where you're going to get the money, <clears throat> you're going to print it. Uh, we're not on a gold standard or anything or anything responsible for uh, what we're doing. So, um, uh, you know, that's where we're going to go. I mean, we're going to go. I think we're in, I think you're watching America in decline. I really do. I think you're watching America in decline. How else can you how, how else can you view this? I mean, do you see any light at the end of the road? Listen, I can't say about I can't talk about the election because uh, YouTube and and, and um, uh, 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 Facebook have algorithms built in. So if we use certain phrases, they take us off the air. Um, that, that, that's going on. Censorship's a real big deal. They don't want you to talk about the root causes of these things. And and. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, Michael Lucas, we just talked about that. can also be found over at uh, uh, Lotcha Chronicle, which is um, uh, written by our good friend Jennifer DeBera, with whom we uh, swap information quite frequently. Uh, we got one thing that's coming up uh, that is um, uh, probably I'll spend the last 10 minutes talking about. And that's the, uh, the Supreme Court is at a crossroads with abortion. I call it the abortion quandary. Um, of course, we know, and uh, Lloyd Bailey would jump on this and support it, I'm sure. And I'm, I, abortion is nowhere mentioned in the, in the Constitution. Abortion is not in the Constitution. Okay. Now, you know, I have taught poetry for a long time, and I have been taught by great poets. I'm probably the best person you know to teach you how to read poetry. And I can tell you, having taught it, that the number one problem is people don't stick to what the words say. The original words of the original poem, they don't stick to it. I read the Constitution like a poem. So I and you understand that every conversation has a dramatic framework. Okay, let me just walk you through the five pieces. I taught my students to determine an answer for themselves to each of the following questions. When you analyze any conversation, be it as informal as one you might be having with your pal at the gas station or as formal as a poem or, or the Constitution or the Declaration or anything else that you're conversing with one to others about. First of all, answer the question, who is speaking? Secondly, answer the question, to whom? Thirdly, answer the question, about what? <clears throat> Fourth, for what reasons? Fifth, on what occasion? Okay, five questions. 
Now let, let me give you a very, if I can remember, so much depends upon the red wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater beside the white chickens. William Carlos Williams. This is an advanced exercise. Very few people, unless they go through these questions of discipline and answer them with discipline, so much depends upon the red wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater beside the white chickens. And, it, and the kids will go, my God, man, how do you read between the lines? What in the world does that mean? How the hell? What am I supposed to understand? So I say to them, okay, slow down, slow down, slow down. Now let's say that's the First Amendment or the Second Amendment. It's about as brief. It can be. Some of the. So let's figure this out. Who is speaking? Well, you can't get a real definitive profile of the person speaking in terms of whether it's a male or a female or the age, but you can surmise that based upon the ability to observe closely, it's probably somebody pretty smart. And it's obviously somebody who relies on understatement, which is the highest level of intelligence. Being able to say the most with the least is the highest level of intelligence. That along with showing the relationship among seemingly unrelated parts. Okay. So who is speaking? Well, we can agree on this. It's somebody who is observing a red wheelbarrow with rainwater on it. So much depends upon the red wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater besides the white chickens. Glazed with rainwater beside the white chickens. To whom is that person speaking? Well, it's re that person's really speaking to you. Right? To you. About what? Boy, they scratch their heads on this. They really ponder this. About what? Well, maybe the chickens, uh, and they go off down a road on the chickens, and... Uh, well, you know, then I said, well, what's the occasion and we're, what's the subject? And, well, I don't know, the guy, okay, I'm going to say it's a guy and he's looking at his wheelbarrow and he's looking at his chickens and he, they fall off the cliff then. And I said, okay, let me ask you something. What is the occasion? Well, he's standing in a barnyard probably or he wouldn't have chickens. They can get to that. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a word in there that tells you the occasion, almost tells you the exact time of the occasion. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't know how you can tell it. All right, let me ask you something. Glazed, glazed with rainwater. A glaze they can relate to because they get glazed donuts, okay? And they know it's a little film on the donut of sugar. So I say, glaze with rainwater. What does that tell you about the occasion? It just rained. It just rained. 
Well, how do you know it just rained? Well, because very shortly that water is going to evaporate. So you tell me what the subject is here. What this man, what reason he tells you this? Why does he say so much depends? So much depends. Does it depend on the red wheelbarrow? No. Does it depend on the chickens? No. Does it depend on water? Yes. So much of our lives depend on water. Well, why didn't he just say it that way? No, you wouldn't have had to work at it. When you have to work at something, it means more to you. You'll never forget it because you had to work at it. All I'm doing is teaching you how to work at it. So much depends upon the red wheelbarrow glazed with rainwater beside the white chickens. It's understatement. It's imagery. But it answers all five of the questions. How many people whom I've taught in a class can get that on their own? None. This is what's wrong with people reading the Constitution. They should have been trained on poetry. If you want to teach somebody to run the world, you teach them poetry. It's the highest level of communication we have between and among ourselves. Period. What's the subject? The subject is, of course, the ultimate subject, nature. And I'm going to tell you something. If it doesn't rain, there ain't going to be no chickens. There ain't going to be no wheelbarrow. And there ain't going to be no people. You got all that? You How'd you read that between the lines? So I shudder when I see these people interpreting the Constitution and seeing it somewhere that abortion is a right. Are they nuts? I'll bet you if I took those same people and had them read that poem, they wouldn't understand it. They wouldn't know how to translate what it says. That if we don't have any water as human beings, we die. That's an advanced lesson, students. <laughs> you won't hear that anywhere else in America on any talk show, radio, podcast. I don't care who it is. You'll not hear that, my friends. Warthog Command Center out.